Welcome everybody to this awesome episode we have in store. And yes, I said we, I am joined today by Adam and today we're gonna be talking about the gaming market. More importantly, the merger and acquisitions we're seeing here in 2022. I mean, it's only February. There's so many companies out right now that are buying left and right. Is this a, top, a trend we're gonna see later on this year? Stay tuned in today's episode. Let's get started. So, hey, Adam, how's it going? Um, if you want to give the viewers a quick introduction about yourself, who you are, maybe a, a quick background on some of your investing styles and where can people find you if they want to talk to you? For sure. Well, first of all, thank you so much. I know we've been talking about doing some kind of show or discussion for a long time. So really happy that, uh, that we got started on this. Um, I've been investing for about five years. I'm a self-taught investor and I've just in the last couple of years, um, become more active on some Discord groups and on Twitter. And I actually found your channel in early 2020 when I was doing some more work on C Limited, doing some research and got really involved with your community, which is which has been amazing for me. And I've learned a lot from it and just happy to give back for sure. And uh, yeah, in my day to day life, I'm actually a, a software developer but I have a big passion for in investing and, and uh, just trying to learn from other people and, and share my knowledge that I have as well. Thanks, Adam. And I'm pretty sure everybody's going to love the discussions you're going to bring to this episode. Uh, for anybody that wants to find Adam, I'll post the link to his Twitter on the pinned comment. So make sure to give him a, some love there. And if you are on the Discord channel, you guys know this is going to be a great episode. Uh, so we're going to start off with the gaming market, uh, like I mentioned. And this has been a pretty crazy, crazy first month, right, Adam? I can't believe that we're like six weeks into the year and there's been like 85 billion dollars in acquisitions more than all of 2021 um yeah it's it's gonna be really interesting to dive into and it's gonna be I, it's so early in the year I, I i think that there's gonna be a lot more news to come as as we're gonna find out um i know that there's apparently some some rumors up in the air um do you want to kind of get us started on on some of your thoughts yeah, so for the viewers that are watching, there's I think there's three major acquisitions right now. The first one is going to be Take-Two Interactive that they acquired Singa. Uh, the second, I think this is the, the most popular of them all, is going to be the Microsoft, um, the overall acquisition with Activision, the big player for Call of Duty, for World of Warcraft. If you used to be a big WoW fan, you know Activision for WoW. Um, and this third one, the one that I thought was the weirdest of them all, but the more I read about it, the more I get a little bit. Okay, it makes somewhat sense. It's going to be Sony acquiring Bungie. Uh, so Adam, out of these three acquisitions, which one would you say is your favorite? Okay, well, I think that my favorite has to be Activision Blizzard, just because if you think about the IP that Microsoft is acquiring, um, it's that's something you can't just build over a couple of years when you're trying to make new IP, right? They're they're getting the IP for Warcraft, Diablo, Starcraft, Call of Duty. These are all games that myself as a gamer, I, I've been playing them, you know, since I was 10 or 10 or 12 years old uh, for for Diablo and Starcraft and 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 some of the games. And um, you know, when they re-release some some of these games, like even the older versions there's a dedicated fan base that's just going to go and grab it no matter what. So the advantage you have is that games are getting so expensive to make now. I think that we have some stats on kind of like 
the average AAA title, how much it costs to uh, produce one of those games. Um, it's really difficult for people, for companies to take a risk on new IP when you're spending sometimes $100 million, right? So if you own the, the IP for Call of Duty, for World of Warcraft, for uh, you know Overwatch, um, you're really eliminating a lot of the risk. And as, as well as um, that, they're also gaining a ton of talented teams, right? That have so much experience in, in making these great games. And we are in a pretty tough labor market right now. So I'll say like, just as a gamer myself, I'm really excited about Activision and uh, Blizzard. I, I love those games. Um, as an investor, I'm actually really curious of the Take-Two acquisition. Um, we saw some other uh, gaming companies acquire, um, you know, some mobile publishers. I guess one of the, the biggest ones was when Activision acquired King, which is now, I guess, part of the, the Microsoft ac acquisition. But uh, if I, I'm just going to share my screen here. And there was some talk in the acquisition um, release. Uh, Take-Two identified that there was around $500 million in incremental annual net bookings that could be unlocked over time. And a big reason for this was they said it's driven um, by uh, the creation of new mobile games using the Take-Two intellectual property. So this was in the release, but then they kind of like walked this back a little bit on the uh, earnings call. I don't know if uh, you listened to it or not, but they kind of made it seem like that wasn't such an important part of the acquisition. So I'm really curious kind of what they have in mind and how much value is going to be unlocked by this acquisition over time. It's obviously going to take a while. So I know <laughs> I know it's a lot to go through, but yeah, I'd love to hear about um, your thoughts on, on that. So while we're here with the Take-Two, I think that was pretty impressive. I mean, for those not familiar, Take-Two, big, big uh, manufacturer of uh, Grand Theft Auto, right? I think that's one of its biggest players. Red Dead Redemption is another one that comes in from the Take-Two Interactive. And then you have uh, 2K, the basketball uh, game. Um, and one thing that out of, I want to say, all the big players that are in the kind of gaming industry, we have EA and we have Activision. Take two doesn't have too much kind of market in the mobile market in the mobile world. Uh, so this to me was probably one of my favorite things about the Singa acquisition is going to overall bring that talent. I think talent is very, very important, just like you mentioned, Adam. Um, I also wanted to talk a little bit about that. You mentioned a little bit earlier how it's uh, it's becoming very expensive for people to make triple A games. And this is a great article that you shared uh, in the kind of document that you we have here and you shared that uh, an article that mentioned triple a games when they were being developed on a budget they were being made with a million dollars i mean a million dollars to develop a triple a game still sounds like a lot but nowadays that's between 80 million to 150 million dollars on average that's like developing one of these great movies i think I think most of like Marvel movies are made with around a $200 million uh, budget, maybe some even less. So that's insane how these AAA games are kind of in that same budget as these kind of amazing movie theaters, movies out there. Yeah. And as technology gets better, it's going to get a lot more expensive, right? So what you're talking about, the movies, the games that were about a million dollars, I assume that these were the biggest games in like the 80s or the early, early 90s. And then I probably as we went to 3D, they started getting a lot more expensive. I think that 
GTA five, which came out like 10 years ago, inflation adjusted. I've, they haven't like announced exactly how much it costs to make, but I've heard that it's like $250 million that it costs them to make that game inflation adjusted. So if you're talking about making a game, even 80 to hundred million dollars, and you're taking a risk on new IP, you kind of realize how valuable it is for companies to lock in IP that have dedicated fan bases right now. And the risk will just be so much smaller. You know, I think that last year in the U S the top two selling games were both call of duty um, on consoles. I don't know if that's on PC as well, but you know, so they can pretty much, they can pretty much estimate that if they make these call of duty games, that they're going to sell super well. And uh, you know, with, with labor, also becoming such um a difficulty these days um it's a it's a tough market to get developers and get artists um you know acquiring these large teams is such an easy way to scale up your publishing and and development business not easy but you know it's it's going to cost them a lot of money to hire this many new people anyway right definitely and i actually want to share a quick screen my screen real quick on this kind of change of revenue exceeding kind of the uh, market base uh, with now these acquisitions. Uh, Pretty impressive, biggest top company uh, by revenue in quarter three of 2021 comes in with Tencent at 8.3 billion. Microsoft adding that Activision and Blizzard uh, acquisition would make it the second biggest gaming company for quarter three with about $4.8 billion without Without the without Activision, that would kind of be fault in one, two, three. In the fourth place, uh, coming uh, second would have been Sony with four point three and Apple at three point six. I, I think it's still insane how how much money Apple makes, but that's probably a whole different episode where we can go there. Um, but uh, that's pretty impressive how much uh, this is going to strengthen overall Microsoft's platform. Uh, Tencent also seems like a beast. Uh, we can also see Take-Two and Zynga uh, with that acquisition is going to be around the $1.4 billion uh, revenue. Uh, still not the biggest. Uh, in all honesty, after looking at this at this chart, I- I'm actually surprised Nintendo is that small. I would have expected that to be a little bit bigger with all the IP that they have. And I'm actually impressed that C Limited with pretty much one major game was able to make it into this kind of list. Any thoughts on, yeah. on, on this image, uh, Adam? Yep. Uh, yeah, it's really interesting. Like not as many of these companies are American companies as I thought they would be, right? But I think like over half of the countries now are in Asia, right? Tencent, Sony, um, NetEase. Yeah, Nintendo, C Group. So it's really, really interesting to see the shift as well. And I think if you look at um, the, the top 10 gaming companies by market cap, I believe that um, if, you, like, if you count the Activision Blizzard uh, merger going through, um, let me just take a look at the chart. But like, I think only one or two of the companies um, in the top 10 market cap will be uh, American listed companies. So that's oh, that's pretty yeah. interesting as well. Yeah. And one thing I thought that was also pretty interesting here is uh, not interesting, but I just want to make note that this is revenue by qu- quarter three. Uh, so it might be a little skewed to certain companies. Certain gaming companies might have not released uh, a game that quarter that might have boosted sales. 
I think it helps. It kind of shows the overall layout, uh, but there could be changes depending on what quarter you're looking. Maybe some quarters, Activision or maybe uh, Sony might drop a big game that can really shift this uh, a little bit. But I think it's just a great way to show the overall representation of the gaming market. Yeah, it's interesting. And I, and I bet that chart will look a little bit different by the end of the year and the top 10 companies, right, as, as more M&A goes through. I'm just going to share the screen of the top 10 companies. So I, I do think it's interesting. So. So here you can see Microsoft and Activision, the, the number one market cap and the number six market cap. When you look at your chart, they were also, I think, in the top five for top five or six for revenue as well. So you're having two giant companies merge potentially. And I guess that is why there is some kind of arbitrage. People are concerned that this deal may not be approved. Um, that's another thing to note too, is that um, these are... Um, to like companies to be acquired. These are potential mergers right now. They're they're not none of them are confirmed yet. It's and pretty Zynga, crazy here how goes two, down here. A number two to six were uh, like you mentioned overseas companies. Two to yeah. five, and then as you go down further, a lot of them are like not that many of them are U.S. listed anymore, right? Like they these U.S. publishers are getting bought up. And you made a great point there, um, Adam, about the overall Microsoft acquisition right now. Um, this one is one that. If you take, a, I think the price target purchase per share is about $95 uh, for Activision. But I think the stock price, um, let me take a quick look. It's around the high 70s last time I checked, maybe like 79. Uh, so there is a big 81 right now, actually. So it, it kind of jumped a little bit. Um, it, to me, this kind of tells me that the market, to some extent, believes there's a little bit risk that this acquisition might not go through. It, it's definitely an interesting theory. Uh, I mean, especially since Activision is definitely a big player. Um, Microsoft also a big player. But I think today Microsoft kind of came out and said that, hey, any games that we're working on, I think this was announced today, any games that we're working on with Call of Duty, no matter after, because right now Call of Duty and Activision has a, has a contract that any type of games that they release right now have to come out for PlayStation 5 and some of these other consoles. Uh, a lot of people are worried that, hey, once those contracts end, Microsoft is just going to be like, okay, uh, well, see you guys some other time. We're taking all this IP and leaving. Today, uh, or sometime this week, Microsoft announced that even after contracts come out, they're still going to allow create these games into different markets. Uh, do you think this is a way Microsoft is trying to control that, hey, regulators are, are uh, just a way to kind of tell regulators, look, we're not going to take this kind of IP. Um, and, and do you think this is something investors or which are you worried about this acquisition not going through? I don't know if I'm like, even the arbitrage that you have today, they said that the deal may not close until the end of what was it? 2023. So even though it's about a 20% or so arbitrage, you're getting around like a, you know, an average return of 10% a year considering it does go through to wait. Um, so with that said, like, I, th I think that there's still a potential. It's not like they're priced, the market's not pricing it. Like it won't go through. Um, I, I think we're just so far away from the, the closing date that I think as we move closer, if it seems like it will go through, you're going to see the price probably move up. Um, in terms of what they're saying about third, you know, third party and still publishing on every platform, that's true. They're going to probably publish on 
PC, well, of course, PC, it's, it's Microsoft, but um, PlayStation and, and uh, maybe other platforms as well. However, uh, Microsoft has this Game Pass service, right? So if you're a consumer, um, you know, and you can get a Microsoft console and pay whatever, you know, this yearly subscri- subscription service, and it's maybe $100 a year, even if it moves up to, to that price, and you don't need to buy Call of Duty, it just comes included. And same with StarCraft and Diablo and all of the other Blizzard games, Overwatch. Are you going to buy a PlayStation where you have to pay $80 for each game, whereas you can pay $100 with Microsoft and get access to hundreds of games every year? So that, I think, is going to be the interesting thing. It even got brought up on the Take-Two call, this Activision uh, deal. And they kind of said, you know... um, Third party is still important. They, they're going to do third party because that's kind of what gamers want, right? Gamers want the freedom to choose their own platform. So yes, I think that Call of Duty is always going to be available because I don't think fans would allow, you know, fans would really backlash against Microsoft if they only made it available on the Xbox. People, Some people bought their PlayStation just to play Call of Duty, right? And uh, I think that that is not such a worry for me. It's just how uh, compelling the Microsoft subscription is going to be if they keep acquiring all these studios. And and I agree with the arbitrage. It seems to me like the market maybe might be saying that, hey, this is dead money for now. Uh, so we're not going to, no point in pricing it to 95 right now if it's going to be just sitting here for the next year. Because they did, like you mentioned, I think it was Microsoft's first quarter of 2023 um, fiscal year, but if we take a look at that to the actual calendar year, I think it's the end of June uh, of 2023. So it's still over a year from now before it, it the actual kind of cutoff date of of, acqui- of acquiring it. Uh, so to some extent, I do believe it's it m- might be a mixture, maybe a little bit of risk there of it not going through. But I think a majority is the reason that hey, for the next year and a half, my money is just going to be sitting there as that money. Um, yeah. I, I do think the Microsoft subscription is a huge, huge player here. Uh, I'm personally more of like a, a casual gamer to some extent. I don't remember when was the last time I play, I bought a game, but I don't mind paying $12 for the Game Pass where I can, whenever I want, I can play any game, uh, any game that they have there. Uh, and they have a huge catalog. So I think that's going to be a great thing. And also another cool topic we can probably do in another show where cloud gaming, all these subscription passes. Uh, so before we kind of end the topic here, I think this was pretty cool with the overall gaming and merger acquisitions. Uh, is there any other major player you want to or any major topic you want to hit in this gaming market before we move on to the next? I think we covered most of uh, the exciting stuff. Of course, we didn't go too much into the the Sony Bungie acquisition. So that's a tough thing too. There's all this excitement now around Microsoft and poor Sony. You know, they picked up a great studio, but um, if anyone knows, Bungie is pretty much just making one game right now, I believe, and that's the Destiny series. So they have Destiny 2. And Activision was actually publishing that for a little while, um, but then Bungie left to do self self-publishing so i think that's a pretty good acquisition for sony as well because they do need some kind of ip this is a beloved studio same studio that did the original halo games so they have a they actually have a relationship with microsoft as well in the past i thought that was funny i do think we should hit this topic um how bungie was the creators of halo right obviously they don't have those rights anymore microsoft ended up buying it 
But I think it's just so funny because Activision owns the franchise that is known for Crash Bandicoot. Uh, and Crash Bandicoot originally, I think, was just a, a PlayStation uh, a PlayStation 1. I remember play, when PlayStation 1 came out, I didn't have it. Uh, but I used to go to my friend's house to play Crash Bandicoot and Spiral because they were only available in PlayStation 1. So I think it's so funny how that kind of it, it shifted over uh, within that market. Um, I, I, I do think it's weird. This one, Acquisition, makes... At first, for IP, like you mentioned, Bungie right now only has Destiny. Uh, and it definitely has a nice amount of players. But I did see that one of the reasons for this acquisitions is the overall technology uh, that's being purchased. Uh, Destiny is kind of like a MMO-style game to some extent. Uh, so that kind of strong multiplayer-based technology uh, is something Destiny's talent is good for. And that's what I think, uh, that's one thing Sony mentions that, hey, we're purchasing this not only for the IP, but also for the technology that they bring for us to build future games. That's true. Also, Bungie has a lot of experience building like first-person shooting, first-person shooter games. Sony doesn't really have like a really big first-person shooter. Like um, Microsoft has Halo. And maybe with the experience that Bungie has with a first-person shooter, they could have like a big... Um, you know, they had Killzone, like the, they called it the Halo Killer, but it never really took off in the same way. Yeah. That's funny. You know, I actually didn't think that because um, Microsoft also has Gears of War, which is another big uh, shooter, big yeah. shooter game. And I, I can't really think much of Sony, I feel like has more of like, I don't know how to call it, like those questing games like Uncharted, um, yeah. uh, God, of, God of War, I think uh, it's another Sony one, uh, Sony one that, uh, uh, but yeah, I actually didn't think about that. So. Pretty cool. And also this acquisition is a lot smaller, right? I mean, the Activision is, uh, it's around uh, $68 billion, I believe, um, where this Sony Bungie is only like a, a within less than $5 billion, something in the 3 or $4 billion range. So a huge change in, in overall acquisition price there. Um, a, a final question here, Fizz, before we end this topic, um, what are some mergers that you might, fun game, what are some merger guesses that you think could happen uh, in the upcoming year because it's it's only february right i don't think we're done just yet yeah i i mean mobile games are growing so fast and i feel like there's a lot of mobile game publishers um out there like the the creators of clash of clans and and there's so many other ones and um with mobas are so popular as well with um you know the, the top games on mobile are all MOBAs and, um, or most of them, no, sorry, mo most of them are MOBAs, not all of them. Um, and in terms of like Twitch and YouTube and hours watched, um, I looked at a chart, I, I should have saved this chart, but I think that like 4.6 billion hours were watched of MOBAs in 2021. And actually Free Fire was the, the leading uh, viewed game within the MOBA space. And I think of all games viewed within 2021, GTA 5 was actually like the number one or number two. So like the game that's 10 years old. So that's just like the power of Rockstar. And they just put out those like what I was saying about IP, they put out those like the, the legacy trilogy. And apparently the game was, you know, kind of a mess. It had a lot of issues, but it still sold like 10 million copies despite being broken just because it's Grand Theft Auto. I thought that was, was super interesting. I, I didn't hear the call, but that's one that, a topic I heard that when it came out on Twitter and on all these platforms, you kept hearing the negativity of how bad this game sucked. 
how, how it completely sucked. People hated it, but it was still insane how well it did for each. Yeah. It's, do you have anything in mind for an acquisition? Like for me, it's so hard to say. I think that, I think that um, with Microsoft grabbing Activision, I think that a lot of companies are going to want to grow larger now to kind of fend off from acquisition, maybe grab some more mobile studios. I know that Take-Two has done some other smaller uh, mobile acquisitions in the past. So, you know, with Microsoft Activision, I think we're going to see some big techs. I'm not sure if it's going to be Amazon, either Apple or either Facebook. And they're going to try to buy some of these other big players. And the reason being is because they have two things to win. One, if they, let's say Facebook goes and buys some big kind of big, uh, big company, let's say regulators come out and be like, no, you guys are, are, are going to be kind of monopolizing this market. Well, they're going to be like, well, Microsoft is about to buy Activision. So if you're going to stop us, you're going to need to go stop them too. So it's either a way for either big tech right now to take advantage and say, hey, if Microsoft is going to be able to get this through, this is the perfect time for us to buy some games as well. Or if we kind of want to somehow prevent Microsoft from getting this acquisition, we can also kind of go with this purchase. And if they kind of kind of stop us, they're going to have to, to some extent, stop Microsoft uh, and Activision. Um, so I think that's going to be interesting for big tech. I think for maybe some of these small players, like some of these studios, I think they're just going to be buying a lot of private game in, uh, studios. Like you mentioned, a lot of these mobile games, most of them tend like uh, Clash of uh, Clash of Clans. I think uh, most of them tend to be privately based uh, industries. Uh, so I think we might see a lot of small studios being bought out by some of these big uh, like EA Games, Take-Two uh, and some of the big players in the market. Definitely. Yeah. And talking about like big tech and Facebook, like you don't want to be in Facebook's position when you see all this IP being grabbed by uh, Microsoft, right? When they're going to kind of go head to head in the AR, VR space eventually, right? You, maybe Microsoft says, okay, we'll still release these games on console and PC, but we're not going to release them for the, you know, the, the Oculus Quest or the, the Meta Quest. Because yeah, right, um, fa- um, Microsoft does have some of their own gaming uh, AR, VR. They mainly known for the HoloLens right now, um, but they do partner up with some OEM companies to create what they call the mixed reality, um, mixed reality goggles. Uh, all right, Adam. So I think that's good. Um, this topic was actually pretty fun and probably a little bit longer than we anticipated. But I think we had a lot of great discussions here. So everybody, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Make sure to subscribe and make sure to stay tuned. We will be releasing a few more episodes later, maybe today or this week, uh, talking about some other interesting products or mark or news happening in the market so far. So Adam, thank you for joining me today. Uh, and hopefully we'll see you in another episode. Yeah, thanks. It was a lot of fun.